Hello and welcome to May I Have This Dance, a podcast from the Human Awareness Institute or Hi Among Friends. We're here because we love having real, rich, juicy conversations with people. We strip down with the people we interview, figuratively and only sometimes literally, to the undercurrent of what it means to be human through the lens of love, intimacy, and sexuality. As an organization, Hi is a place to explore and embrace our humanness. Obviously, a podcast can't replace our workshops, but we do hope that in these interviews, you're able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we do. Shall I get started with the interview? Let's do it. On episode eight, I had the pleasure of interviewing Danielle Harrell. She's the co-founder of the Somatica Institute. Danielle trains individuals in the somatic method of sex and relationship coaching. I had a really, really lovely time dancing in conversation with Danielle. As you'll hear, she's vivacious and she's deep. She's brilliant. I was really impressed with Danielle. We touched on subjects ranging from Israeli and American culture, her desire for self-expression and acceptance, and what it means to live your life from your turn on. It's a really good one. Enjoy. I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners your name and where you're from and your pronouns. So my name is Danielle Harrell and my pronouns is she and her. And uh, I am, I now live in the last 20 years in Silicon Valley um, and I grew up in Israel my whole life mm-hmm. and I was born in the USSR. I'm wondering if we can just start right there. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and did you immigrate to the U.S. with your family? How old were you when you when that happened? So I immigrated to Israel with my family from the USSR, and oh, I this was, I was two years old. Um, I grew up in Israel until most of my life. I was thirty ish when I came here with my my little family, my husband and my then three year old boy. Now I was pregnant with my daughter, so we came to the U.S. For his work, and I, um, you know, we lived be- lived everything behind. From, like many Israelis, we came for two years. I actually fell in love in the in the U.S. and I fell in love very quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I feel like that's my home now <laughs> for many years already. So, but that's I'm also fantastic. I'm also very Israeli, as you can hear from my accent and some my you know. <laughs> personality traits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What what personality traits do you see as being very Israeli? You know, like very commanding, very assertive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong culture. Uh, strong it? culture. It's a strong culture of people who are very, you know, it's a, it's a it's a country that had to survive and therefore therefore we had to wear a little crust around us to be strong and to survive living in Israel. Yeah. Mm, That's interesting. So coming to the U.S., how was that for you? Was it a a culture shock or did it feel like coming home in some way? What what was that like for you? I think what felt really like home for me was the freedom and the privacy. I'm I'm a I'm more of an introvert and I need privacy and like being being in Israel there's it's a very familial country. Mm. Like family is very involved in 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 your life and you're involved in their life and that's great. I'm, I'm 
I would want that, but and neighbors are involved in your life. Like everyone's involved in everyone's life. And <laughs> I needed space, you know. I remember, <laughs> I remember going with my, I was going with my newborn son, you know, in the mall, and like everyone has something to say. Oh, you, he should wear some socks. That you know, like oh are you keeping him warm? You know, so <laughs> everyone. You know, I remember breastfeeding in the mall, and like someone came to me. It was actually a rabbi. He came to me, and he like peeked in. I was like, what? is happening and he's like this is such a good thing that you're doing like oh my god (laughs) there's there's a level of intervention that happens uh, you know level Mm -hmm. of proximity which is also really wonderful and warm but for me it was Mm -hmm. also very intense so I like that people actually schedule time to come and see me I like (laughs) don't just knock on my door and show up so I need this kind of level of space that um, Mm -hmm. is not so simple in Israel Interesting. And so I'm curious that interplay. So it sounds like there's this, um, well, from your perspective, almost this intrusiveness of like uh, desire to be in very much involved in one another's lives. And, um, you know, the closeness is a little bit more intense. Is it true that it's also more emotionally intimate and deep or is it more kind of superficial? No, it's not superficial. So it depends how you look at it. So if you look at people being involved in each other's life as intimacy. Like, I don't know, you know, I think intimacy is something that um, uh, people need to learn how to do. In some ways, we kind of get out of intimacy. I don't think that intrusion and asking questions and criticizing you is intimacy. You know, I think that closeness is not necessarily intimacy. People can be very close and not feel very intimate with each other. So intimacy is something that is born from my, you know, like from what I do and what I learned and what I developed into um, doing in my life, which I can identify with, like, you know, my work is who I am in many ways, um, uh, is, 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 has more gentleness in it and has a lot of compassion and have a lot of uh, listening and has a lot of room to let people be who they are. Um, Mm. And that's not always the case. I'm talking about, I think the culture that are more um, traditional cultures that Mm -hmm. don't give individuals a lot of room to be themselves. There's a lot of uh, guidance to be and and pushing into we want you to be who we want you to be um but i think and i think it happens in the u.s as well but i think what i envision is intimacy and what i see and experience in my own family and my own life and the relationship that i cultivate now it is about more um love permission uh support to let people be different and individuate and and be who they are mm. and be more curious about who they are as opposed to telling them how they should be intimacy to you has this very strong um element of kind of acceptance of who one is the the seeing of who someone is and then allowing that there to be enough space uh for that individual to come forward and and be themselves is that Am I hearing you right? Exactly. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. If I were to ask one of your dear friends or perhaps your partner um, who you are, you know, who have you come to be even just in the last 10 years? What what are elements that you hold strongly about who you are? Uh, well, I, I think I'm complex. I'm not the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Good. I hope you wouldn't be. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm complex, you know, and I'm not. I'm not always what I want to be as well. You know, there are moments that I'm more triggered, mm. and then I'm, you know, I'm crusty again and commanding and, and intense. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and oh, but I love that you just own that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And there are moments, uh, or there, are, but I try to spend more and more of my time in place of less trigger and more gentleness with myself and with um with others like really be more gentle with with people and myself and and acceptance is a big thing and seeing differences as differences as opposed to flaws is a Mm. big thing Beautiful. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what got you interested in human sexuality. Is that what drew you into coaching work or is there something adjacent to that? Tell me a little bit about your interest there. So um, the the process of growing up in Israel involves going to the army and I went to the army for two years. And what I did there, I was kind of a, a social worker right there, like 18, went to the army. My job was to... Um, really uh, support wounded families um, and the wounded soldiers in hospitals. And that's what I did. I traveled from one hospital to another. I I was contacted and told where there are soldiers that are wounded um, from my you know, for my cohort, and I went and visited them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I started right very early on with with kind of like this very supportive role. I also had it like growing up. I was kind of like my role in the family was to be the connector, translator, mm-hmm. and yeah. I do it so well. <laughs> it's like I believe it. I was like yeah. really groomed into <laughs> the helping profession. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also a very limbic, limbic child. Well, I'm still a limbic person, so I sense a lot of what happening, what's happening, and I translate through my body, through my intuitive understanding of what's happening. And I would do a lot of translation for everyone around. Um, they they meant something like that, or the other person meant, you know, you didn't understand them right. <laughs> so I did a lot of translation. Oh, interesting. Growing up, yes, you. Ha- you had this intuitive kind of sense too of being able to to interpret what people are saying and get to the heart of of what they mean, and, and trying to soften a lot oh. as, on the way. <laughs> Peacemaker, got it. Okay, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the army, I did a lot of uh, support supported soldiers, and then it was kind of very normal for me to go and study psychology right away. It felt like who I am, felt like my calling. And um, I went and studied psychology in university, in Tel Aviv University, and then I pursued a master in clinical social work in Haifa University and did a lot of volunteering. That's a lot of working with um really in mental health. And um, I ended up um, getting a job working with um, helping people that are addicted to uh, alcohol. Mm. And uh, at the same time, I had my first son and I got married. And um, I, I, I don't think that, like, you know, I think when we moved to the U.S. with my husband's job, I was already like, no, I really don't want to do that. I want to work with different parts of life. I want to work with joy. I want to work with 
birth. I want to work with, I want to work with something that can be created. And mm-hmm. um, I took some time off because it was natural for me to do it. I didn't have a visa. <laughs> it's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I did a lot of. That makes it convenient. <laughs> very convenient. I was also pregnant. My daughter. I was uh, so I, I I stayed home with her for like three years, which was wonderful. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I did a lot of um, shopping. This is <laughs> I don't know if you understand <laughs> the land of shopping. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the, the ability to buy and return is such an amazing nice. experience. Oh my gosh, that's such a, I would love to dive into that. I mean, I imagine that is, um, that it strikes me as like a 180 from where you are now. Um, I don't know if it feels that way, but. uh, I still like to buy and return. Like we don't have to buy stuff. I can just like, let's just return what we already have. (laughs) I'm not a big shopaholic at all, but you know, like there's some, there's some, I think it's part of the freedom that I'm very drawn to, you Uh know, that you have the freedom to choose and change your mind. And, you know, so this was Mm. very, it really was exciting to just have the possibility to return thing. It's just, it's really new in Israel. People, you can't, when you buy stuff, you're stuck with it, you know? <laughs> oh, fascinating. That's so interesting. Yeah. So when you came to the United States, you had this like freedom and this power to to play with your choices. Exactly. Is that It wasn't about the shopping. It was really about the playing with choices and mm. freedom. What an interesting outlet for yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah. What can you do if you don't have a visa? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, and I think it's true that a lot of people who don't work may may find that that's a way to spend their time. But you bring this depth to that, which is just so surprising. It's lovely. Um, I, I'm I'm getting this theme about you that there's this desire for for self expression. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. How does that play out in your life now? Um, so maybe just to, to kind of continue with that, um, part, sure. part of, yeah, answer both yeah, of yeah, yeah, totally, because it does play in my life now, um, self-expression, freedom and acceptance. All of this is like a nice, wonderful mix of, of qualities and that I'm really uh, appreciating. And so since I was pregnant, I also got deeper into child, uh, childbirth education and I studied that. And one of the things that really blew my mind was the, um, like how empowerment for women is kind of being kind of taken away from us as women and the connection between childbirth and sexuality is completely doesn't exist in the culture. Mm-hmm. So as I kind of dove into it, I got really, really excited about um, sexuality and empowerment for women. Um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what brought me, I'm just continuing like what brought me into today. I can, and that's what brought me to actually um, to study human sexuality. I think you're right on that that connection between human sexuality or our sexuality as women and birth is really not, it's pretty underexplored in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, I notice my, my interest peak. Can you say a little bit more about what, what that connection is to you? Um, between, uh, yeah. So the, it's a deep connection between, um, our sexuality is if we're not really like grooming it and feeling it and really allowing it, we're stalling. We're, we're, we're like a very powerful force of life force and um, our Oracle 
is stolen away from us because mm. we you, you define what that so, means? So our sexuality is our is our creative energy. It's our life force. That's what it is. Sexuality is a life force. That's what it is. It's meant to be <laughs> for for people to connect and want to have babies. This is life force. And if we're not really, but we can use it metaphorically, you can use it practically as really bringing children to the world, or we can use it metaphorically as, wow, this has, this, my sexual energy and my sexuality have so much potential in it. And there's so much power and energy and birth in it. And if we're disconnecting from it, we're missing out. We're missing mm-hmm. out on so much creativity and aliveness and joy and intensity and almost like the fullness of who we can be as human beings as we lean into that yes. life energy as we lean in, exactly. it is our sexuality mm. if we lean into it we don't miss wow, out if yeah. we stay away from it we miss out and we kind of like walking just with our heads above the water trying to make decisions that are grounded in thoughts and ideas as opposed to making decisions that are grounded in who we really are what components of um sexuality have captivated your so uh, you know listening to that hearing that i i can relate to that kind of narrative and that concept that we um i think as a people are consistently trying to harness that life energy whether we think about it that way or not there's this like inclination towards that pleasure towards that aliveness that we feel um i think in american kind of pop culture there's this like narrative of um you know the early love being very hot and heavy and on and and then it kind of the narrative dies away there's not like that um modeling for long-term sustainable connection and intimacy and juice and I think that's why we struggle with this of, of um, how do we maintain a connection with our sexual energy and let it kind of ebb and flow. Um, how do you grapple with that concept and how does your sexuality play out in your work, but also just in your personal world? What's your relationship to that life force? Yeah. So you said something so important when you talked about the images we get in, in, in movies, in stories, in romance. Um, and this, this, this like experience that sexuality is about the other sexuality is about the sexuality is about getting the man. The sexuality is about, you know, like, um, and, and of yeah. course it's hot and heavy in the beginning and then we don't know what happens, right? And we don't even know how it was created. You know, we don't see any seduction. We don't see anything going on. We just see, oh my God, they look at each other, something somehow in a mysterious <laughs> way, they don't even necessarily talk with each other just because they were put in that movie together. They already turned on by each other. And, <laughs> yep. Right? And, and then, then cut, and then right? And then they, I, I'm right. really following the sequence very carefully because I'm always curious if they'll have a different spin on it. But guess <laughs> what? Never. Okay. They never have the same. Yeah. Usually right. it's against the wall. It's very much in a rush. It's very impatient. And usually like the man takes his shirt off and that's it. And it's cut there. They don't even <laughs> always see their faces. You just see the torso. I know. <laughs> 
I know. And then if you're lucky, it's like, okay, now we're so in love, we're going to get married. And and then it, you know, the movie ends. That's it. There's no right. kind of like uh, development of our our, relation, our own personal relationship to Nothing. our sexuality. It's very other. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. mystery mm-hmm. and a lot of ideas of what what you're supposed to, why <laughs> that is the thing that's going to lead you to marriage, why that is the thing that, or not, or it can just be passionate and then you, you know, there's the dumping experience. So it's like all very, uh, the, the messages are very narrow and very shallow. And there's actually zero education about what real relationship looks like with ourselves, with me, myself, cultivating sexual energy and with, um, and, you know, with, what does it mean to be in relationship with someone in long term and have sexual, what sexuality looks like in relationship in long term and, um, and, and how relationship look like in long term at all. It's all like mm-hmm. the way, the way they solve um, challenges in movies is even worse than the sexual act. You know, like in, some, in some mysterious right. way, someone, someone blames yeah. someone, someone apologizes and that's it, which is really not how I look at it. And, you know, in my work and my life. Um, so, so I, I want to stay with, if it's sure. okay with you, I want to stay with this um, concept of, because I, I lit up when you said, you know, our narratives are so focused on the other. And I think it's a pretty new concept that our sexual identities and even ultimately pleasure is really about our relationship yes. to ourselves. Yes. Can, can you speak a little bit about that? Definitely. So, um, and that's something that I'm, I'm like cultivating every day because when I look mm-hmm. at my sexual energy, it's not only around, and I want to say for me, my sexuality is just my, as I say, my Oracle before, and I'm going to explain, it's almost like I have this like light bulb in my in my, in my pussy, okay, right there with a G spot. Uh-huh. Okay, I was wondering where where's the light bulb? Great, I have this uh-huh. wonderful light bulb. And when I get excited, or when something feels like, or when I feel like emotionally connected, or when I have a great idea, when I feel love, it's not only when I feel turn on. It's not this like separated part of my body, right? It's this alive part mm. that says yes or no to different things. This is mm. my, this is my compass and my choice point. You know, he, th- this, this like Oracle helps me make better decisions in my life about what I want to do and how I want to pursue things. And it, it, it related to pleasure. It's related to, this feels like a good thing that I'm going to have, a, a, you know, like I'm going to be interested in, or I'm going to be curious about, or I'm going to have a good challenge with, you know, like my, my oracle leads mm. me in life. Wow, I, I'm blown away by the connection you just made to like, okay, if the sexual energy mm-hmm. is your compass in all things, not just do I want to have sex or not, that suddenly turns that question into just one piece of this large spectrum of, of possibility. Um, and for me, there's this just like striking uh, consequence of that connection, which is that um, you know, at high, we talk so much about choice and, and there are lots and lots of opportunities to make choices in our workshops that aren't necessarily related to sex. In fact, the majority of them are not related to sex. Um, and yet it, that's a practice, but the way you just described how your compass is that life energy it, it, as if you go towards the yes, that's what turns you on in life, right? That's what Definitely. gives you energy. And not only that, when Celeste and yeah. I 
collaborated and we were told you should do your business plan you know like you suppose as a business you start to do a business plan and we just like sat there and I don't remember anything from my business plan you know we did it so many times and we're like pretty good solid business you know but I don't remember anything from my business planning and this is the only um you know like a guideline that we actually follow is what makes us wet oh my gosh I love that that should be your business tagline <laughs> exactly. that's amazing and that's how we try to make decisions about what we do in our business right oh, if wow. it doesn't make us wet it's like yeah let's not do that <laughs> oh my gosh I love it I love it that's brilliant and and so how do you come into partnership? Okay, so we we've learned a little bit from you about the guiding principle of of turning in turning in, tuning into your turn on basically. Um, and then now, how do you recenter that outward? How do you partner? How do you run a business with someone and still follow that kind of very intimate personal? Yeah. So um, you're asking like how we met? We met very much in the same you know. <laughs> Wait, we met. We met in a training at the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, where I was doing my PhD, and she was taking that training. And we, it was a very embodied, hands-on, experiential training, and um, we were so in it. You know, you, you just like do erotic body work all day long for fourteen days, um, and um, afterwards, and she kind of we met she looked at me she says and I like as different as people can be our background is different mm-hmm. who we are is different we grew up in very different families different cultures and as we looked at each other she, I said oh what the heck I'm gonna do with that person like there's no way <laughs> in my Israeli you know, <laughs> you, know, like, you know like a little bit like okay let's stay away from her <laughs> no. but she uh-huh. <laughs> we, we, we joke about it you know Right, I'm sure. But she's so different, you know, hippie, you know, like so different on anything that I knew before. Um, Mm. And then she um, she looked at me and she told me, "You're gonna help. You're gonna give birth to one of my children." And we didn't, you know, like she does not have biological children, but we birthed together, Somatica. (laughs) So. Wow. Some, so she knew yeah. it right there at the beginning that you guys. I were, came from childbirth, wow. so I think she was at that point thinking about the biological child. But I think, <laughs> I think oh, now oh we God. really know that it's more like wow. our our baby, which is somatic. Yeah, yeah. And and are you and Celeste you're just business partners, or no, are you have you also lovers. been lovers? Yeah, <laughs> we're just we birth creation. We are business partners, and we are like good friends and we share our lives you know our, our, we don't share our lives in that way because we don't live together i live in silicon valley she lives in san francisco but we really are consulting with each other about different aspects of life and we really share emotional life together i love that you have found your way to a business partnership that can be so intimate and so like a, a true friendship yeah, and we definitely like. apply the the we apply, we, we walk the talk. This is really important for us to really walk the talk. And if we have a lot of what we created is not only around sexuality, it's also around relationship. Um, so we definitely do a lot of repair. We talk about our feelings. We uh, Every business meeting starts with um, what we're afraid of. <laughs> you know, we 
talk about fears, we cry. It's really a oh. very, very different business experience than many, many people have. Yeah. So it's very, I'm very fortunate to have found her. Yeah, you yeah, allow for that intimacy. And acceptance, which is amazing. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, without necessarily going into too much detail about what you're up to as an organization, but bringing it back to you personally, um, you know, to use your, your delightful term, what, what's ter- what gets you wet these days? What, what captures your imagination or um, your passion um, right now? So at this point a lot i want to say like i love life life is amazing <laughs> like walking outside <laughs> yeah, walking outside and yes. smelling the air and looking at the trees and being in nature and i love urban hikes too like i love architecture so this doesn't have to be only nature it can be street nature you know <laughs> different ways mm-hmm. i love i love looking at people i love you know like i love being alive that's amazing I think I don't know you know I'm very lucky to be alive Mm. um and be where I am and who I am and I love my family and um uh in terms like I think uh, my oracle helps me generate lots of ideas (laughs) very I'm a visionary. You're a visionary, yeah, huh? A lot of great ideas, and and together with Celeste, we're able to mm-hmm. put them into <laughs> into action. <laughs> into action. Does she help? No, I'm the one who does practically. the thing practically. She's mm-hmm. a philosopher, so I have ideas. Oh, okay. I invite okay. her to to join me in in you know like creating a lot of. She, Celeste is amazing in creating content. She can do everything when it comes to content, and and really like she. I always. Because I'm Israeli, I was like tell tell her like how do you say it in American? You know, like both both culturally, it's yeah. not only about Fair it's enough. not only about like how you really say it. It's more like how do you bring gentleness into the sentences that you speak. Um, mm. um, so a, a lot of uh, what we're doing now is actually birthing a third book, which is called Coming Together, mm. and it's all about our how our minds work uh, when it comes to sex and what turns us on and fantasy and how it plays uh, a role in our life, in our sexual arousal and where it's coming from. Why are we fantasizing about what we are, what we are fantasizing about and how it's related to mm-hmm. um, our childhood. No one likes to hear that. And how it's related. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I disagree. Childhood is where the, exactly where the right. gold is. How it's related to and yes. how sexuality is the best, wonderful venue and playground to heal a lot of our hurts um, mm-hmm. and playing with our sexual mind and playing with what turns us on and playing with our core desires and playing with our hottest sexual movies and really um, understanding it and having like getting a real deep understanding of where it's coming from. Why is it there? So we can remove shame from it and really can celebrate it. And we mm-hmm. also have a wonderful part there on how to, we're very practical in our approach. Somatica is very relational. It's very practical. Um, it's very experiential. And what we do is we really do step by step how to communicate, how to understand it for, for yourself, how to know what it is, then how to see how the building blocks are to really experience a good, the best sexual experience you can have. And then, um, which is what every person has. I don't have like, it's not like what you see in the movies, maybe a little bit. 
it's mostly what is really true for you and then how to communicate it to a partner so you can get what you want and how to negotiate differences because that mm. a lot happens. That happens a lot in long-term relationships that people wake up after the hormonal, hormonal, um, I don't, uh, hormonal, I don't know, smoke is evaporated. <laughs> the hormonal lubrication is gone. <laughs> Just, uh, the honeymoon, honeymoon phase. phase. Wake up and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> am I having sex with that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I, Danielle, you you said something that caught my attention, which is um, I think you made a connection to uh, you said that our sexuality can be a wonderful playground to work through some of our our shame or our wounds, um, and and I'm, I made the connection that perhaps fantasy could be an outlet for working through um, you know shame or inhibition or something like that. Is that what you intended? And if so, okay, great. So. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and ask you kind of a vulnerable question and feel free to answer however you feel. But, um, I'm, I'm curious if you could dive into that a little bit and, and demonstrate, um, from your own life. It had, is there an example that you can speak to about your own kind of moment of shame or insecurity that then, um, was healed through sharing with a partner? Yeah, or maybe like she, telling my own story would be a wonderful way to understand what I actually mean. So, um, and it's in the book too, so I'm not hiding. <laughs> like I'm happy to share. I'm happy to Great. share for <laughs> a conversation. Um, so I grew up with a lot of, I grew up in, in, with a lot of shame and a lot of correction. It was like more like my mom really wanted the best for me and she was there to really correct every move I did so it will be better. But but that creates a mm. lot of experience of I'm not good enough or criticism. Or, it was very much focused on my body that wasn't like the right Barbie. I wasn't tall. I wasn't thin. None of it was in my future you know like my body is my body you know but there was constant desire yeah. to shape me in a way and I know she wanted the best and she wanted to remove as much suffering as possible from my life but that did kind of the opposite for me um so when I go to sex what really turns me on and that's what we do we really connect between the wound and help people see how the wound shape the, the wound shapes our fantasies and our desires because in our desires we want to either repair and do a reparative experience in our fantasies or we want to do sometimes repetition of the experience with choice that we get to choose how we do it mm -hmm. so this empowerment of I'm choosing it and we see it a lot with um, you know like uh, abuse or things like sexual assault or abuse. Sexual yeah. Assault. Um, what, what I'm creating now is, is a powerful version. Even if I'm repeating it, I have a choice in it. And we talk a lot about doing it with choice, doing it without choice. There's a wonderful part on that in the book as well. Um, so my, my fantasy and my desire is to really be fully accepted for all of me, my sense, my ejaculate, my orgasms, and just that I, like my partner wants everything that I have to offer and get pleasure from 
from me being mm-hmm. me, not corrected. <laughs> I don't like to be corrected in sex yeah. <laughs> or in life. I don't mean. not corrected, not a different version. You know, like just a natural expression of who I am, and they're delighted by it, and they can't have enough, and they just want more of it. And that's that's how the healing happens, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, it created a huge amount of healing coming to sex knowing that that's what I wanted inviting in my life was really powerful um, and powerful and wonderful and very healing. I love that the theme of acceptance, which has kind of popped up a few times, really grounds this in that there is a desire, a sexual desire that actually literally turns you on that was manifested from that that um, you know young place in you that really needed and wanted that acceptance, which is so healthy. Uh, and and you were able then to translate that and, oh, and yeah. ask for that oh, actively yeah. in your relationship. <laughs> There's something good about being asking for what assertiveness is really helpful. True. Yes, I think that can be challenging for some people to to come to the table and be vulnerable. And it is very vulnerable to say, you know, I just wanted to get pleasure from my body, and I, you know, like I don't want to work for it. You know, (laughs) it's part of the experience. I don't want to work for it. Um, But I think something really amazing happens happened to me, and and I see it happening when people start with my clients and my students. You know, when people take the somatica training and they get exposure to those materials. Um, like really I see people just like their mind is blown away and they're like wow like because it's beyond sex you know it's you get the healing through sexuality and through sharing it because it's an opportunity to do it but the healing goes deep to your emotions to your life to your the way you are in the world you know it's not only in that moment of sexual act it's actually you're able to take it and it's really nourishing to walk in the world like that yes it's nourishing it's healing um it's empowering and it it strikes me that that connects back to your statement about your beautiful, wonderful light bulb that really the, when you're in touch with your sexual energy, it's a, it radiates out throughout your whole life. It's not just this isolated event, physical event. Yeah. Well, I, we're reaching the end of our time, but I'm just, I could talk to you forever. This has just been so juicy and lovely. And um, I'm so grateful to you for sharing all that you're up to. And can uh, you let us know where we can buy your Yes, it's already available for pre-order on Amazon. It's called Coming Together. Double entendre yes. intended, I hope. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's, a link, there's a page on celestindanielle.com that leads to that. We'll also, it's also going to be, now it's available for pre-order. It will be released in November 21st that you can get both the paper, uh, the paperback book and uh, a Kindle version. And eventually we'll do some audio with that as well. Wonderful. Well, I'll, I would look forward to reading it and maybe we'll have you back on I to discuss it after I've read it. <laughs> Wonderful. For more information about the Human Awareness Institute or our workshops, visit our website at hi.org. That's H-A-I.org. Thank you so much for listening to May I Have This Dance. It was a pleasure to have you with us. See you soon. Bye-bye.